Misinformation. Probably the best article on fake news I've ever read, and we're going to tell you about it tonight. Fighting back against climate bullcrap. <laughs> the fight continues, and Starbucks going unwoke? Huh? Maybe. We'll see. All right. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. Protect your online activity with the best best and easiest VPN, NordVPN. Use the special link down there in our show notes and you will get an incredible deal and also three months free. Yeah, uh, NordVPN. Check it out. All right. Hey, we got a lot going on tonight and uh, some rather interesting uh, stuff happening. So uh, we'll go through all of that. But right now we have to start off with our usual opening sequence, which involves this gorgeous little girl. That would be Miko. And this would be the Miko update. There she is having a ball with her best friend, Sora. And uh, yeah, they just uh, absolutely adore each other. They love it. Uh, she's doing great. Her uh, knee thing doesn't seem to be bothering her. She was doing loopies and zoomies today and racing all around the place. So she, yeah, just like that, she, <laughs> she was doing great and uh, ate all of her dinner. And well, yeah, hand fed, of course, because she's a spoiled brat. But uh, she's doing really, really well. And uh, that's her playing with her <clears throat> one of her best friends, Sora, who is also, of course, a, a Shiba Inu. Our Miko update brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our special link, which will get you a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. BarkBox, it gets delivered to your door every month, a brand new box full of a themed uh, toys, treats, and chew for your dog. You'll get one every month. Each month is a new theme. Two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. The edible stuff is all natural, good for your dog. And if you uh, have any allergies, your dog has any allergies, you just tick the box off and they'll make sure you don't get that. And also they have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you're ever not happy with anything, get a hold of customer service, who are great folks, by the way, and they will make it right. BarkBox.com slash Miko, and as an extra premium, if you look in our show notes where the links are, you'll see there's an other offer. If you don't want the one free month, you can also pick to get a free water toy from Fun Boy and BarkBox and the Jay Sheldon Show. It's a special offer. It's going to end in a couple of weeks, I think, maybe a week, and uh, that's a limited deal. Great deal, too, because some really cool, fun water toys for the summertime for you and your dog. All right. Thank you. Barkbox.com slash Miko for uh, helping out to sponsor the show and the Miko update. All right. We are going to get right into it. And uh, by the way, we're doing, we're reading 1984. At the end of every show, we read part of a chapter until we get all the way through the end of the book. And right now we've been reading 1984 because I've always said how prophetic George Orwell was in his writing. I just tweeted a section of the book on Twitter, which I read last night. It is incredible. You got to check it out. Go to at It's Jay Sheldon. Links in the show notes to my uh, Twitter account. 
And uh, you can follow me if you like. Appreciate that. But uh, by all means, check out that post about uh, George Orwell's writing in 1984 because it's frighteningly prophetic. All right. We all know the main story of the day, and that was, of course, President Donald J. Trump pled not guilty to all 37 counts brought by Biden's corrupt Department of Justice. I didn't want to cover this because it's been all over the news. Anywhere you turn, you cannot help but read stories about it. I did just at least want to cover it briefly. Uh, front runner for the GOP, Donald Trump, of course, pleading not guilty to 37 federal charges brought against him by the corrupt Biden DOJ, uh, alleging mishandling of classified documents, which couldn't possibly be funnier. Uh, the FBI in August uh, seized 11 boxes of documents from the Mar-a-Lago home of uh, Trump and then claimed Trump was impeding their investigation. Yeah. Uh, they didn't permit Trump's attorney to be present during the uh, search and seizure. And uh, he was arraigned uh, yesterday afternoon, 37 charges, including 31 counts of willful retention of national defense information, uh, one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, one of withholding a document or record, one count of corruptly concealing a document or record, one count of concealing a document in a federal investigation, one count of a scheme to conceal, and one count of false statements and representation. Ahead of his arraignment, Trump spoke out on his own Truth Social, which, by the way, I finally have an account on Truth Social. It finally managed to open itself up to the rest of the world. And yes, I am at Jay Sheldon on Truth Social. Please give me a follow over there. I've been following everybody and anybody. So <laughs> just give me a follow. I promise I'll follow back on Truth Social. Anyway, Trump said uh, special counsel Jack Smith is a corrupt thug, which really couldn't be further from the, uh, couldn't be closer to the truth. Another post, there's a two-tiered system of justice in the U.S. <clears throat> All right, so that's it. It's going on. It's all bullshit, but, you know, we're going to cover it anyway, just so you know that we're aware of it. I just didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because, like I said, you cannot turn a newspaper or hit a web page that there isn't something about that. And so it's been covered. I don't need to completely cover it. You all know where we stand on that. It's all crap. This trial won't happen for well over a year, which is likely well past the next election. So their focus of trying to, you know, get Trump off the ballot likely isn't going to work. All right. I found this article. It is from brownstone.org. Don't know the group. Don't know anything about it. Never saw the website before. But this article, it's long. I'll warn you. Set some time aside to read it. But read it. I am not going to cover the whole thing, but I am going to hit a few highlights because it's brilliant. And it's all about misinformation or fake news is the big buzzword they all use these days. And basically, it is a word they use to shut you up. There you go. The policing of information is the stuff of Nazism, Stalinism, Maoism, a lot of other anti-liberal regimes to repress criticism of their dicta and diktats. Anti-liberal label criticism misinformation or disinformation. 
And those labels are simply instruments to crush dissent. If they don't like what you're saying, they're going to call it misinformation or fake news or disinformation. This paper offers an understanding of knowledge involving three chief facets. Information, interpretation, and judgment. Now, usually what people argue feverently over is not information, but interpretation and judgment. What is labeled and attacked as misinformation isn't a matter of whether it's true or false, but of true or false knowledge, meaning that disagreement more commonly arises over your interpretation and the other guy's interpretation, or your judgment as to what interpretation to believe in. We, we all make judgments that something is good or bad, wise or foolish about interpretations, true or false. And the paper explains that the projects and the policies going on now that they're all calling anti-misinformation and anti-disinformation are really dishonest, as it should be obvious to all those projects and policies if advanced honesty be called something like anti-falsehoods campaigns. It gets, a, yes, I know, it gets a little wonky, but stick with it, read this article, because it's absolutely spot on, hits the nail right on the head as far as how they're using misinformation to control people they don't like what they say, to basically take away your free speech. And not just this country, countries all over the world are doing this, and they're doing it quite effectively. To prosecute an anti-falsehood campaign would make obvious the true nature of what is a foot. An Orwellian boot to stomp on wrong think. How cute that we happen to be reading Orwell's 1984. It really is. It is just an Orwellian boot which is meant to stomp on wrong think. To support government policing of information is to confess one's anti-liberalism and illiberality. Wow, there's a big word. Uh, this essay offers a spiral diagram to show the three chief facets of knowledge and a fourth facet, fact, which also deserves a distinct conceptualization, even though the spiral reminds us facts are theory-laden. This is the Brownstone Institute. Misinformation is a word we use to shut you up by Daniel B. Klein. The entire, see, there's even an abstract and the whole study here, it's, like I said, this is long, but it is insanely accurate. I read the whole thing, and the conclusions they come to are spot on, using all kinds of scientific data, surveys. Disinformation is the word I use when I want you to shut up. And that's really pretty much it. And... You need to be wise to it, which is why you really should read this article. And that way you're more aware when somebody says, oh, that's disinformation. Or when YouTube or Facebook, uh, one of those other 
unrumbled sites claim that things you're posting are misinformation or disinformation. It's not. It's simply a way to control you and to basically say, we don't like what you're saying, and so we're going to shut you up one way or the other. And they continue to do it. <sighs> yeah. All right. Apparently, Starbucks has, Starbucks has gone partly woke, or maybe not, or maybe some have and some haven't. I, it's rather confusing, actually, but uh, it's happening. We'll have that story coming up in just a bit. Right now, though, we want to tell you about one of our sponsors. If you'll just uh, give me a minute here to tell you about this amazing coffee company, which is not only obsessed with making a good cup of coffee, but absolutely obsessed with our American values, with our honesty and family. Blackout Coffee founded on the principles of conservative values. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and traditional American values. This company, the owner, is uh, absolutely nuts about conservative American values and about making an amazing cup of coffee. They also help to support our troops, our first responders. They, uh, they do some great donations there. And so what you spend on an amazing bag of fresh roasted coffee beans that will be the best coffee you have ever tasted, I promise, is you're also helping to, to support uh, the troops, first responders. They source premium grade green coffee beans graded at 80 or above on a hundred scale. And they're grown at the perfect altitude, perfect time of year, best soil, and then harvested at just the right time. When you place your order, they will roast the beans and send them out quickly. So you will get fresh roasted coffee within 28, uh, 24 to 48 hours. That's pretty fresh roasted delivered right to your door. And best of all, is the fact that this coffee is uh, uh look i am a coffee nut i drink tons of coffee best coffee i have ever tasted blackout coffee try it give it a shot and i got a couple of great ways for you to save some money you use the link down in our show notes for blackout coffee and you'll get a special deal and you will also get a promo code here you go the promo code j20 j's 20 that's j-a-s Two zero J's twenty. Use that code at checkout, and you will get twenty percent off your first order. Can't think of a better reason. Oh, wait a minute! I can think of a better reason to order, because you're helping to support Blackout Coffee, a company which helps to support American values, conservative values, our values. Blackout Coffee. All right. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for helping to uh, sponsor the show here. We really, really do appreciate that. By the way, if you order from Blackout Coffee, we're also helping to support this show, so we appreciate that. All right, Starbucks allegedly, big word, allegedly, bans pro-LGBT decorations and flags in the middle of Pride Month. The union claims, but... The coffee chain says it's false information. There's a Starbucks. I don't know where, where is this? I don't know. Anyway, see the rainbow uh, stripe across the uh, thing there? All right. Uh, Starbucks allegedly instructed their workers 
to remove pro-LGBT decorations and pride flags from uh, its stores throughout the country. According to the Starbucks Workers Union, the coffee chain, however, says no, we didn't. They denied the claims. On Tuesday, the workers' union took to Twitter, called out the coffee chain for banning LGBT-themed decorations during Pride Month. And in the middle of Pride Month, Starbucks bans Pride decorations in stores across the U.S. That was the tweet. For the last two weeks, Starbucks workers have taken to social media to report that the company is no longer allowing Pride decorations in-store. Now, that seems to be the first year the publicly pro-LGBTQ plus XYRZT company has, has taken any kind of a stance except to support Pride Month. The workers' union said the company is taking a cue from Target, which it stated bowed to anti-LGBT pressure and removed Pride merchandise. Last month, Target had an emergency meeting, as we told you about, and uh, they told some managers to remove the Pride merchandise from the front of the store to the back, and uh, the company announced it would remove some of the more offensive items from its stores entirely, and it's all online catalog. So, according to Starbucks Workers Union, the coffee chain even removed pro-LGBT decorations from unionized stores. The group claimed the Starbucks has previously decorated annually during Pride Month. Mm. Starbucks, this is a quote here, the union. Starbucks is powered by many queer workers, but management has failed to materially support the LGB community. Last October, some workers have reported their transgender benefit plan changed. They had a transgendered benefit plan? causing them to pay out-of-pocket fees and lose access to certain providers. If Starbucks was a true ally, they would stand up for us, especially during a time when LGBT people are under attack. A company that cares wouldn't turn their back on the LGBT community to protect their already astronomically high profits. Well, let me suggest something to you. Dump Starbucks, go to Blackout Coffee. I'll give you an extra plug. Why not? Forget that crap, Starbucks. Blackout coffee. Order it today. Use our link in the show notes. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so I don't know. Starbucks says they did not say anything. They did not tell their workers to take the decorations down. They're completely denying everything. However, the Starbucks Workers Union says, "Mm, not so true. They did tell us. So who are you going to believe? Whatever. Okay. We did a story last night about Amazon and some guy who had a smart home and a delivery guy who mistakenly thought he heard some racist comment from their ring doorbell on the house when he delivered a package. And Amazon basically locked him out of his house shut everything down. He even had his house, you know, the doors were locked with smart home locks. They locked him out of his house for like a week. Mm. We covered that story yesterday. You'd see it in the news. There's a link in yesterday's show notes. But now check this out. This is weird. This is not from the U.S. This is from France. 
thought could be right around the corner. This is weird because I have these devices in my house. I have one of these Echo Dots right there. And they don't have it here, but I have something called an Echo Show which has a video screen. I can surf the internet. I can do conference calls, video calls. Anyway, check this headline. French bill would allow law enforcement to remotely switch on the microphones when they're surveilling suspects. What? Yeah. Absolutely. French senators have given a green light to a polarizing section of a justice bill that would permit law enforcement to clandestinely turn on the microphone in like the echo dots and these, you know, Google has a version of it. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it would allow them to access it. Now I have to assume that would be only after, you know, some sort of a search warrant type thing where a judge has signed off on it, but still, it paves the way for a swift access to geolocation of data for tracking individuals who are under investigation. The government justifies this as a tool specifically under the Keeper of the Seals Justice Bill. It's designed to snag images and audio of those believed to be linked to terrorism. Can you see where this might go in the U.S.? Yeah, all these white supremacists and all these parents of, uh, you know, that go to teachers, uh, school meetings who are labeled terrorists, uh, organized crime or delinquency, they say. Civil liberties advocates are not holding back in their criticism. Uh, they caution the provision could morph every gadget into a tattletale. The Observatory of Digital Freedoms does not mince words. They are calling it security overkill. I, you know, I can't oppose the idea if you have a warrant from a judge to be able to do this. It makes sense. I also think it makes sense that this could so easily be abused. Imagine if this kind of thing, not that it already doesn't, it probably does happen, got into the hands of our absolutely corrupt FBI. Think about that. I would have to wonder if it isn't already happening and you just don't know about it. But imagine the corrupt FBI that we have in this country that is absolutely useless, just a political police force. Imagine if they had the ability to do this. The more I think about it, the more I think they probably do and may very well be using it like that. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. But France is considering it, and I can't imagine that uh, it likely won't be very long before here people start to consider it. Like I said, if it ain't already happening, absolutely frightening. Hey, don't forget, by the way, the Jay Sheldon Show merchandise. You can get your great cool coffee mugs, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool merchandise. Links in our show notes. And also, which is going to come to an end, I think, next week, our AI art gallery. Beautiful canvas prints from the Jay Sheldon Show generated by AI using the Jay Sheldon Show. And then it, just, it doesn't say the Jay Sheldon Show. They're just 
something AI came up with when I put that in the search or in the create bar. And so anyway, they're all signed by me. They're limited edition, 10 copies of each one. One's already sold out. And uh, if you would like yours, just go over to the link in our show notes and check it out. The Jay Sheldon Show AI Art Gallery. It's really cool. All right. And let's see. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Climate change or climate bullcrap, as we like to call it on this show. Red states. This is from the postmillennial.com. Links in our show notes. The red states are fighting back. Thank God. Against local Democrat-led climate policies. Montana, Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota recently have passed laws that prohibit cities from banning natural gas hookups. Good on you. While the corrupt Biden administration discusses plans to drastically reduce the use of fossil fuels in order to combat the baloney of climate change, that whole scam, through the Inflation Reduction Act. Republican-controlled states have signed legislation that prevents liberal cities from enacting their own radical climate policies. I love this. During the legislative session this year, Montana, Idaho, North Carolina, and South Dakota recently passed laws that prohibit cities from banning natural gas hookups. These four states joined 20 other Republican-governed states that have already enacted preemptive laws, forward-thinking of them. It prohibits cities and municipalities from banning natural gas in new buildings, according to data from the Natural Resources Defense Council. Idaho recently passed a measure that bars local governments from placing any restrictions on energy efficiency codes. Because, you know, some of these things, in order to get these high-rating codes, they've got to match so many standards, it makes the costs insane. And a lot of times, they'll just stop making them. Anyway, so uh, the Republican legislators say it is crucial to adopt laws that fight back, boy, ain't that the truth, against this allegedly progressive climate change scam myth baloney. And it's hoping to prevent any future harm that could be done to both businesses and consumers. Nice. The passing of preemption uh, preemption laws uh, comes as cities in Democrat-controlled cities and states like Seattle, New York, Los Angeles passed recent laws that place limits on natural gas used in new residential homes as a, a means of fighting back, they think against climate change climate change Uh, anyway there you go there's more to this more to the article read it it's some great information and really really nice as once again the red states are coming through and saying we don't buy your crap we know it's a myth we know climate change is garbage bullcrap and we aren't going to do it Matter of fact, we're going to make sure you can't do it. (laughs) All right. Are you fat? How fat are you? Your mama's so fat, when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. Ba-dum-boom. 
Can I get a laugh for that? Sorry. Anyway, I, I, I'm really stumped. I don't know what to think about this. On one hand, I'm sympathetic because there was a time, folks, and there's pictures, that I used to weigh 300 pounds. I am not kidding. I was huge. Huge. Uh, I'm not. You know what? I don't know what I weigh right now. I know in kilos, I think it's around 70 kilos. I don't know what that is in pounds. Anyway, so I've been there. I know what it's like to be the biggest fat ass on the block. <laughs> but this story, I yeah, let me just get right to it, okay? An obese woman, I mean obese, is demanding that airlines pay for a free extra seat to accommodate her excess weight. She says... People with smaller bodies get to pay one fare to get to their destination. And we have to pay two fares. Yes, she is that big. She is so fat. Now, I'm not going to be politically correct about this. I don't give a crap. She's fat. She's freaking huge fat. So There she is. She cannot sit in a single airline seat. She has to buy two. An obese influencer is doubling down on her demands for a more inclusive traveling experience for people like her who do not fit in regular-sized airline seats. Jalen Chenny, who is a size 6XL, 6XL, called on the Federal Administra Aviation Administration, the FAA, to update their policy to provide larger uh, passengers with an extra seat free of charge. In an interview, Cheney complained the airline policies require passengers to pay for the space they occupy, and they are discriminatory, she says, suggesting obese passengers are simply asking for the same dignity and respect from an airline that someone in a smaller body gets. People with smaller bodies get to pay one fare, and we have to pay two, even though we're getting the same experience. If anything, our experiences are a little bit more challenging. She says she's been larger than average her entire life. She's gained a following on social media by posting content related to the struggles faced by obese travelers. And she started a petition in April calling for a new policy mandated by the FAA, she wants, that requires airlines to provide her with extra space for free because she's hugely fat. Anyway, they've made it mandatory for larger passengers to pay for two seats. Carriers north of the border forced in 2008 to adopt a one-person, one-fare policy for domestic flights. There's an organization called Flyers Rights, and in 2022, last year, they petitioned the FAA to update regulations regarding airlines' minimum seat size. They want to make the seats bigger, which will mean less seats, which will mean more expensive seats for you and I, regular-sized people. The U.S. Appeals Court struck that down 
earlier this year. So there you go. Yeah, she is a huge woman, and she wants a free airline seat. When she buys one, she wants to get two. One more for free. Like I said, I, I've been there. I know what it's like, but I would never have assumed to have asked for an extra seat for free. If I'm that big and I don't want to do anything about it, okay, medically, maybe there's a reason she can't do anything about it. I want to be fair and open about it. It's possible. Not likely, but possible. Anyway, what do you think? Should she get a free seat? I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. This is one of the few times I can't come up with an opinion one way or the other because it just, I don't know, odd. Okay, one more for you, and then we're going to uh, move along. But before we do that, we are going to tell you about the amazing company called Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition is a, a company that has all kinds of amazing products for your health. And among them is this. It's called Field of Greens. And I am telling you, Field of Greens is an absolutely amazing product. Fruits and vegetables, of course, are the key to healthy living and a healthy diet. You know that. Everybody knows that. The problem is it's very difficult. You got to go shopping for them. You got to store them. You got to keep them fresh if you can before you're going to use them. Then when you go to use them, you got to prepare them, cook them. If you overcook or you cook too many, you got to store. It's a pain in the ass. Anyway, Brickhouse Nutrition has taken care of all of that for you with Field of Greens. It comes in a bunch of great tasting flavors. And what this is, is ground up or USDA organic fruits and vegetables all ground up into an amazing tasting powder. You just mix it in with your, your protein shake, your green tea, orange juice, water, whatever, whatever you like. And you mix it in once a day and it gives you the all the supply of fruits and vegetables that you need in that great tasting powder. Science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and veggies in an amazing tasting power. You mix it in and off you go. Real USDA organic fruits and veggies, not extracts. You look on the back of the package, it doesn't say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts because these are real 100% organic USDA fruits and vegetables. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link. It is down there in the show notes tonight, and you will get an amazing offer now from Brickhouse Nutrition and us here at the Jay Sheldon Show. Help to support our show and help to support your healthy lifestyle with Brickhouse Nutrition. Thank you, Brickhouse Nutrition, for helping to uh, to support the show and providing our audience with an absolutely amazing product. It really is. It you will be amazed at how much better you feel and look with Brickhouse Nutrition and Field of Greens. All right. This is an anniversary. 39 years ago today in 1983, um, Stanislav Petrov. Do you know that name? I bet you don't. But he is an amazing man. He is the man who saved the world from nuclear disaster. It was on this date in 1983. Stanislav Petrov saw the word launch 
flash across the Soviet Union's attack early warning system. His screen stated with high reliability that a total of five American intercontinental ballistic missiles had been launched and were headed toward the Soviet Union. Well, Petrov had to make a decision. Should he report an incoming American strike or should he hold off? Confident that what he was seeing was a false alarm. If he reported it, Soviet nuclear doctrine calls for a full nuclear retaliation. There would be no time to double-check the warning system, seek any negotiations with the U.S. This occurred during the Reagan administration, which had already taken a very firm stance against the Soviets compared to previous admins. The Reagan admin was deploying Pershing-1 nuclear-armed missiles to West Germany, Great Britain, capable of striking the Soviet Union. And given these circumstances, Petrov had reason to believe the Reagan's brinkmanship had escalated to an actual nuclear exchange. However, Petrov chose not to report the incoming strike. In the end, his decision proved to be correct. The system had mistaken the sun's reflection off of clouds for a missile. Can you imagine? A 1979 report by Congress had estimated that a full-scale Soviet assault on the U.S. and an eventual counter-strike would have resulted in over 100 million deaths. Petrov virtually single-handedly prevented those deaths. Now, despite being right, sadly, Petrov was relentlessly interrogated and never rewarded for his decision, according to David Hoffman of the Washington Post. That is him in his younger days, and that is him nowadays. Doesn't say here if he is uh, alive or dead. I have to assume he may have passed on, but maybe not. Doesn't say here. Uh, but that's the guy, Mr. Petrov, who saved not only you and me, but a hundred million others with his decision. Wow. What a story. Huh? Absolutely true story. That's incredible. And it happened today in 1983. That's insane. All right. It is time to move from 1983 to 1984. George Orwell wrote 1984, an amazing and incredibly prophetic book. I've told you before that I don't pre-read the books on this show, and sadly, I never read 1984. I know the book, of course, and all the quotes from it and everything, but I never actually read the book. So when a viewer had uh, suggested that we do that, I said, absolutely brilliant, because we're kind of living in 1984. And the more I read this bork, book, <laughs> bork, the more I read this book, the more I realize we are absolutely living in this George Orwell world. So we will continue on now with George Orwell's 1984. And here we go. Abruptly. His mind went back to Catherine. Catherine would unquestionably 
have denounced him to the thought police if she had not happened to be too stupid to detect the unorthodoxy of his opinions. But what really recalled to her, her recalled her to him at this moment was the stifling heat of the afternoon, which had brought out the sweat on his forehead. He began telling Julia of something that had happened, or rather had failed to happen, on another sweltering summer afternoon eleven years ago. It was about three or four months after they were married. They'd lost their way on a community hike somewhere in Kent. They'd only lagged behind the others for a couple of minutes, but they took a wrong turning and presently found themselves pulled up short by the edge of an old chalk quarry. It was a sheer drop of ten to twenty meters with boulders at the bottom. There was nobody of whom they could ask the way, and as soon as she realized they were lost, Catherine became very uneasy. To be away from the noisy mob of hikers, even for a moment, gave her a feeling of wrongdoing. She wanted to hurry back by the way they'd come and start searching in the other direction. But at this moment, Winston noticed some tufts of loose strife growing in the cracks of the cliff beneath them. One tuft was of two colors, magenta and brick red, apparently growing on the same root. He'd never seen anything of this kind before, and he called to Catherine to come and look at it. Look, Catherine, look at those flowers, that clump down near the bottom. Do you see? They're two different colors. She'd already turned to go, but she did rather fretfully come back for a moment. She even leaned out over the cliff face to see where he was pointing. He was standing a little behind her, and he put his hand on her waist to steady her. At this moment, it suddenly occurred to him how completely alone they were. There was not a human creature anywhere. Not a leaf stirring, not even a bird awake. In a place like this, the danger that they would, there would be a hidden microphone was very small. And even if there was a microphone, it would only pick up sounds. It was the hottest, sleepiest hour of the afternoon. The sun blazed down upon them. The sweat tickled his face, and the thought struck him. Why didn't you give her a good shove, said Julia. I would have. Yes, dear, you would have. I would have, if I'd been the same person then as I am now. Or perhaps I would. I, I'm not certain. Are you sorry you didn't? Oh, yes. On the whole, I'm sorry I didn't. They were sitting side by side on the dusty floor. He pulled her closer against her. Her head rested on his shoulder, the pleasant smell of her hair conquering the pigeon dung. She was very young, he thought, still expected something from life. She didn't understand that to push an inconvenient person over a cliff solves nothing. Actually, it would have made no difference, he said. Then why are you sorry you didn't do it? Well, only because I prefer a positive to a negative. In this game that we're playing, we can't win. Some kinds of failure are better than other kinds, that's all. 
he felt her shoulders give a wiggle of dissent. She always contradicted him when he said anything of this kind. She wouldn't accept it as a law of nature that the individual is always defeated. In a way, she realized she was herself doomed, that sooner or later the thought police will catch her and kill her. But with another part of her mind, she believed that it was somehow possible to construct a secret world in which you could live as you choose. All you needed was luck, cunning, and boldness. She didn't understand that there was no such thing as happiness. That was the only victory lay in the far future, long after you were dead. That from the moment of declaring war on the party, it was better to think of yourself as a corpse. We are the dead, he said. We're not dead yet, said Julia prosaically. Not physically. Six months, a year, five years, conceivably. I'm afraid of death. You're young, so presumably you're more afraid of it than I am. Obviously, we should put it off as long as we can, but it makes very little difference. So long as human beings stay human, death and life are the same thing. Oh, rubbish. Which would you sooner sleep with, me or a skeleton? Don't you enjoy being alive? Don't you like the feeling? This is me. This is my hand. This is my leg. I'm real. I'm solid. I'm alive. Don't you like this? She twisted herself round, pressed her bosom against him. He could feel her breast ripe yet firm through her overalls. Her body seemed to be pouring some of its youth and vigor into his. Yes, I like that, he said. Then stop talking about dying. And now listen, dear, we've got to fix up about the next time we meet. We may as well go back to the place in the woods. We've given it a good long rest. But you must get there by a different way this time. I, I, I've got it all planned out. You take the train, but, but look, I'll draw it out for you. And in her practical way, she scrapped together a small square of dust with a twig from the pigeon's nest, began to draw a map on the floor. And that's chapter 11. We will begin chapter 12 on tomorrow night's stream. So be sure and join us and check that out. George Orwell's highly prophetic 1984. Loving this book. And do check out my tweet, by the way, because it's amazing from the part we read at the end of chapter, or in chapter 11 last night. Frightening. All right, folks, thanks so much. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, just take a quick second and click that follow button right there. We really appreciate it. Helps out the show a lot. Thank you to everybody who's done that and to you who are about to do that. We really appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for the Jay Sheldon Show. I will see you again tomorrow.